This is a Federal News Network podcast. Plans for dealing with pandemics go back a ways, yet the government seemed a little off guard when the COVID-19 pandemic first hit U.S. shores. Now a bipartisan commission, which warned of the need for strong biological defense plans back in 2015, recommends what it calls an Apollo plan for dealing with the next one. I spoke with the co-chairman of the Bipartisan Commission on Biodefense, former Senator Joe Lieberman and former Homeland Security Secretary Tom Ridge. I asked, didn't the George W. Bush administration develop a pandemic response plan? You hear Ridge first. We've been studying bioterrorism for years. And at the end of every study, it ends up on the shelf, gathers dust, and nobody does a darn thing about it. And uh, we committed ourselves not only to do the study, but to generate enough support to come out with a very specific uh, set of recommendations and then to work hard to see if Congress would adopt those recommendations. Unfortunately, they took one or two to heart, uh, but there's a much uh, longer list to be accomplished based on the 2015 presentation we made uh, to the political world. But more importantly, we're not here to play the we told you so game, but we say this is a wake up call and we got to take that seriously. We wouldn't want to go another step further. We need an Apollo program. We're a resilient country, but we need to be an aspirational country. We have to be bold. We got 400,000 Americans who have died in the past year because we ill prepared. We can't eliminate infectious diseases. Mother Nature is too tough, too adroit, too smart but we can certainly eliminate the impact of a pandemic. And that's why I'm proud to be associated with Senator Lieberman and my bipartisan colleagues to extend the 2015 program into something bigger and bolder and more aspirational. And that's the Apollo program for biodefense. What would the elements of that strategy be? Because earlier we talked about bioterrorism. This wasn't a terrorism event. It was something that affected many countries equally, including countries that we would suspect of terrorism in other cases. But uh, with respect to going forward, especially what the federal government's role would be, Senator? Yeah, well, this is an important point. Two things. One is, this is a bipartisan commission on biodefense, and there's different kinds of bioattack we want our country to be prepared for. Frankly, when we started, I think Tom and I were thinking about bioterrorism because we had dealt with it in our previous work. As this has gone on, we don't diminish the threat of bioterrorism. In fact, some enemies seeing the impact of COVID-19 are probably more likely to invest. Countries that we know have biological weapons programs like Russia, China, Iran, and we know the terrorist groups are trying to develop them as well. But honestly, the most devastating potential that we saw as we learned is exactly what we've experienced in the last year, which is infectious disease pandemics. And here we are. So what we're seeing in this Apollo program is we just weren't ready this time. And shame on us if we don't invest now to be ready for the next time. We actually have the science and technology, as we proved, in the rapid development of the vaccines this time. And so we're setting goals in this report, which we're sending to President Biden, bipartisan leaders of Congress. Let's start with this. 25 families of viruses that science has identified. We have the goal here to develop a vaccine for each of those families. It won't be exactly what breaks out, but at least we'll have it in the warehouse. And when the disease breaks out, we'll run a a genome test on it. We'll find out what it is and we can rapidly develop the vaccine. Here's a few things that may sound like science fiction, but we set them as a goal. Next time, we don't want people waiting in lines or frantically searching on the Internet for where they get a vaccine. We want to be ready to send the vaccine quickly 
to everybody's house and they'll administer it themselves, either in a nasal spray or a pill. And we want to also send them the ability to test themselves quickly at home. I mean, this sounds, as I say, like science fiction, but we actually have the science and technology to make it happen. What we need is leadership from the federal government. It's just not going to happen if we let it go. It's not going to happen in the private sector. The states can't do it. It's too big. The federal government has to take hold of this and fund it regularly. I mean, we spend about over $700 billion a year on national defense. More people have died as a result of COVID-19 than died in World War II. If we invest $10 billion a year, $20 billion on the outside for five or 10 years, we're going to be able to stop the next infectious disease from becoming a pandemic. And by the way, giving someone a shot's not all that hard either. I've done it. It doesn't take 10 years of med school to be able to do that. But I wanted to ask about the role of government versus industry, because frankly, in pandemic, after disaster, after you name it, private industry's experience and skill in logistics and distribution and coordination of supplies really exceeds that of the federal government. So shouldn't the government operate in partnership with industry that can really deliver as we saw in Katrina, as we saw in so many other instances? The question is well placed. And as we look back to our recommendations in 2015, and now we take on the much bigger scale, much more aspirational Apollo program, you'll note embedded is the kind of public-private partnership that is a absolute necessity in order for us to achieve these results. We start with, obviously, that's the source of the science and technology that we need. You've got some capabilities within the federal government that complement that. But the Apollo program, again, very much like the Apollo program that President Kennedy initiated, can only succeed with the kind of historic collaboration that led us to getting to the moon in less than 10 years. It's an ambitious program. We could get there within 10 years. And the senator pointed out uh, needle-free drugs and vaccines, point-of-contact testing, be having your own testing kit in your own home, building up the manufacturing capabilities, and coming up with a distribution plan. The warp speed capacity to build these vaccines, to come up with the genome sequencing, and to come up with these vaccines, we know we've got the science and technology, but we got to take it to a higher level, be far more aggressive, look at the 25 viral families, build out vaccines. As soon as we see a mutation, we can adapt. There are plenty of things we can do. We need a 10-year runway. It's a great aspiration, but we got the scale and the capability to do it. Question is, do we have the will? And if we don't have the will, after 400,000 Americans said it may be 600,000 by the time we're done, and that would include all the wars we've ever fought, then shame on us. Your plan does mention detection and surveillance, and that seems yeah. to be the, the central requirement, because then you could kick off all of the distribution, the creation of vaccines and so forth, because you can't really create vaccines in advance, or can you? And what's the incentive for the companies to go ahead and do that on a potential so uh, really important question. I mean, as we found after our first report in 2015, this is one of those areas where the pharmaceutical companies, for just business reasons, are reluctant to invest a lot of money because they don't know that there's going to be a pandemic or an infectious disease outbreak. And that's where we need the federal government to partner with them, as it did rapidly in the last year, which developed in this warp speed vaccine production, which is really miraculous. So the federal government has to be involved in a partnership with the uh, private sector. 
And together, there's enormous potential for what can be achieved. And we're confident. It takes leadership. It takes leadership from the top. But if we don't lead, everybody's going to suffer again. Basic point that we have, infectious diseases are inevitable. Pandemics are not inevitable if we learn the lessons of the last year and uh, make sure we're ready next time this happens. It seems like the government needs a rapid response type of mechanism as opposed to, say, making 10 million or 100 million vaccines and stockpiling them. Because every time the government stockpiles, stuff goes bad. And then 10 years later, somebody realizes we have a stale stockpile of this or that. So the ramp up and the coordination seem to be the missing elements more so than the materials. Yeah, so I'll just say quickly what we're putting forward as goals here. 25 families of viruses that science has identified. Our goal is to develop a vaccine for one of those pathogens in each of those families. It may not be the one that breaks out sometime in the future, but we got that head start. As soon as it breaks out, you do the genomic testing of it. You find out exactly what its characteristics are. Then you've got the basic vaccine in that family of viruses, which you can quickly adjust and start to mass produce it. Incidentally, we are focused on uh, making sure that a lot of this stuff is manufactured in the U.S., which it wasn't when COVID-19 broke out. We can't, again, let ourselves be dependent on other countries, which uh, have their own people that they want to take care of. And who should be the lead agency? HHS, Homeland Security? Uh, The White House. It's got to be somebody right there in the White House running this program. Former Senator Joe Lieberman and former Homeland Security Secretary Tom Ridge will post this interview along with a link to their report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.